Hi, I'm Allie Simpson from the Colgate women's ice hockey team, and you're listening to the College Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by a very special guest. She is a junior defenseman of the Colgate women's hockey team, Allie Simpson. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Allie, and how's everything going? Thank you. It's going really well. Um, Just down here in uh, Frisco, just been training this summer, so super excited to be here. That's awesome. And how's your offseason going, and have you done anything interesting, whether it's hockey-related or non-hockey-related? Um, it's been great. Like everything COVID wise has been opened up down here. So it makes it really easy to train and, um, just pretty free down here in the summer. Um, I went to Florida for a couple weeks. Um, I trained down there with Daryl Belfry who works with the Maple Leafs a little bit. Um, so it was kind of like hockey and vacation all put together and went to the beach, um, which was really nice down in Naples. So, Um, my mom went with me and made a little girl's trip out of it. So that was a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I haven't had the chance to go down to Florida. The weather up here in the North has been pretty hot, but it hasn't been like Florida where it's like, has that nice feel to it, if you know what I mean, because of the atmosphere. So I'm glad you got that uh, trip down to Florida. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. Thanks. Now, hockey wise, you were saying how you're training down there. How's training going for yourself and what are you working on uh, regarding your game uh, for this upcoming season? Um, yeah, so this summer I've really been focused on um, like my speed. Um, that's always been something that I've continued to work on and in the weight room for sure. And then just being more smooth um, on the ice as well, like getting lower to the ground and having that good shin angle um, so you can move a lot better. Um, and then I've also like my movement and in the offensive zone, like making sure I'm in the right spots and um, just uh, staying moving and so I can get in a better position to receive the puck and create some more offensive opportunities that way and just get my um, feet moving on the offensive zone blue line. Um, and then I always just work on my shot and puck movement and passing as much as possible. Yeah, is, one, is that one area of your game you're hoping to improve on the most uh, heading into next season or is there another part of your game you're trying to improve on or is it just always trying to work on your speed, your shot and your um, quickness uh, in the blue line? Yeah, so um, I think for the most part, um, it was just the speed was my focus this summer. And I think I've done a pretty good job of just um, practicing that and um, getting better at that. And then always just continuing to work on um, my strengths as well, just to make everything a little bit better. Now, like you said, you haven't really faced any challenges compared to last year because things have been more open uh, where you're from in Texas. So has that changed your approach at all during the off season, knowing that you have more time to go in the gym or have more ice time as well? Yeah, last summer was definitely challenging because there was so much uncertainty with like how much of a season we'd get to play and who we'd get to play and how often and everything because of COVID. Um, so it was hard to because you didn't really know what you were training for. Um, so I found it much easier to train the summer um, and just more motivating because you know like what you're walking into when you go back up to school. And um, I'm just really excited for what the season's going to bring and how everything's going to shake out, um, especially because we have so many more teams that are able to play this season in the ECAC. So I'm really excited about all that. Yeah, what are you looking forward to the most uh, for this upcoming season? I feel like as a junior, you've kind of experienced a lot of being in the ECAC, playing all those teams, and also winning the championship this past year. So what's something you're looking forward to the most uh, for this upcoming year? Um, I have a lot of friends, like because I went to Shattuck, I have a lot of friends that play um, on different teams in the ECAC. So it's always cool to be able to play those teams and, you know, like give your friend a little – tap on the shin pads as you skate past them and and just getting to to see all those girls again which is great um and then I'm just excited for the competition you know it's um it was fun getting to play um close to a full season last year um but we played the same three teams over and over again so it got a little repetitive and um but so I'm just excited for the change up and um getting to play all those different teams 
Yeah, and I was looking at your schedule from last year, and you played Clarkson, I think, 10 times. So it seems yeah. hard. How do you, like, prepare for a team like that after playing them for, like, eight times already? Um, it's a little interesting because you almost want to change your game up a little bit because they know you so well, and they don't even, like, every week you play them. So you don't even need to do that much of a pre-scout for it, um, which is which is interesting um, because you're normally preparing for a team that you don't see that often. So um, you definitely got to know the players a little bit more. And I think it created more of like a rivalry between us because, you know, it was, it was the same team and we were getting to know the girls so much better um, just playing against them. So. Yeah. And the, how was the Ivy league's absence uh, from the last year in the ECAC? How did that affect um your, just your team's overall approach uh, for the ECAC uh, heading into last year? And how did it, like, affect um, just your mindset on the season as well? Um, well, we were just lucky that we got to play. I mean, um, we kind of, as a team, talked about, um, like, treating every game and every practice like it was your last because nothing was, was for certain. Um, so I think it was kind of, um, like, shook the ECAC when the Ivies couldn't play, um, for sure. Like, it changed up the whole dynamic and you weren't having to prepare for as many teams um so that that was interesting and um you know well definitely looking forward to having all those teams back this year so now let's start off talking about uh the beginning of your hockey career and work all the way up to where you are now uh, with Colgate so you're from Frisco Texas how'd you start playing hockey and what's it like growing up down there and being a hockey player Uh, It's really funny because I, like, when I get asked this question, I get asked it a lot because everyone's always so confused, like, oh, you're from Texas and you play hockey? Like, how did that work out? Um, So it's kind of, kind of a long story, but um, my dad, he played uh, professional golf on the tour for a few years. Um, And so he was the golf pro at a course in Fort Worth that a bunch of the Dallas Stars players would go and they'd open the course up for them on Mondays. And so a bunch of the, the stars players would go up there like Dean Evison and Darcy Wakaluk and Mike Madano, um, Dave Gagne, like players like that. And so my dad would go play golf with them for the day. Um, and then they would always give my parents tickets to go to the stars games. So um, my parents fell in love with hockey and they never played. So um, it was kind of a new thing for them. And then I have an older brother. His name's Connor. He's um, two and a half years older. He plays uh, club hockey at Texas A&M. So he started playing um, before before then. And I started out as a figure skater because my brother was at the rink and I was just running around. um, And I like vowed never to play hockey. And my brother's coach would always ask like, oh, like if you're if you're so good at skating, like you would you would play hockey. And I always would you know stick my tongue out at him and be like no way um but then so we lived down in San Antonio when my brother was young and and was playing and then we moved up to Dallas um like the Frisco area and I'm I woke up one day and said that I wanted to play hockey um and my parents were were shocked and um but they let me try out for a travel team down here and um they they didn't think I would make it um because I hadn't ever like really held a stick before um but I ended up making the team and um it's kind of how I got into it and then just played boys travel hockey down here um for for a while and then um ended up going to Shattuck in 8th grade so yeah, and I'm curious, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, was it someone on the Stars like Madonna? I know Marty Turco was on those Stars teams as well. He was fun to watch. Yes, he was. I mean, it was it was always hard for me. Like, I always struggled with this growing up because you know, I didn't have the exposure to, like, female ice hockey and, and seeing those, like, great female players who, who started um, early on. And so I didn't have that same exposure that a lot of the, the girls do nowadays. So... Um, it was always hard for me. And then I also like, it was hard for me to kind of find my favorite male player because they weren't the same as me. Like they didn't look like me. So it was hard for me to find someone and be like, Oh, I want to be just like you, you know? Um, so I, I don't know that I ever really had just one, but I, I liked watching like really good hockey players. So. 
Now, talk about the Texas hockey scene and what's it like being a player in that hockey atmosphere because I feel like it's growing because I know players like Seth Jones, uh, he's from Texas, and a goaltender from UConn, Ryan Keene, he's also from Texas as well. So it seems like there's more hockey players coming from Texas and playing D1. So just talk about what it's like being a player in that Texas hockey scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, when I first started playing, it was it was kind of lonely because there were maybe a few boys that, that played hockey at my school. And um, it's, it's definitely bigger down here in Dallas than most people give credit to. And I think when the stars came here, they did a really good job creating that, um, that youth program, those youth programs and building ranks and, um, doing all that to kind of push the game and, and make it, make it bigger for that. Um, so I, uh, in elementary school, I, like I said, I just played with, with a few, um, there are a few boys at my school that played. And then, um, when I was in middle school, like sixth and seventh grade I I went to school for like half the day and so I trained with two boys on the ice like every afternoon and it was great and then outside of school everyone thought like that it was cool that I was a girl and that I played hockey and and all that and I got to there were some great coaches that I got to work with as well like uh I worked with a coach named Ty Hennis who uh went on for uh to coach the Penguins um he was like their skating coach for a little while um, and then I also work with Luke Chilcott now who, um, worked with, um, the Sharks for a little bit. Um, and then, uh, I had a female coach, um, Karen Rickard, who played D1 for Wisconsin, um, and is now coaching in Colorado. But so there's some, I think there's, there's more down here than a lot of people give credit to. Um, so I've, uh, I had fun growing up down here and playing with the boys. So. Now, how did you get the opportunity to go down to Shattuck and play with uh, that school? Um, so I played in a boys tournament that, and we played at Shattuck. Um, so that, that was fun. So I got to go down there and see it. And then how I got in touch with Gordy Stafford, who's the head coach of the prep team um, down at Shattuck. He, I went to a showcase in it was like a showcase or a camp um, in Rochester, New York. Um, and Coach Stafford gave me his business card at camp. And I I didn't really know who he was and how big of a deal Shattuck was and, and all of that. So I, I just was like casually handed it to my mom and she was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and we kind of, kind of looked into it a little bit more and asked around like other hockey parents. And um, like at that time, there was a lot of more information on like going to prep school and how that whole thing worked. And there was like info sessions and, and stuff at camps that you would always hear about and whatever. So I looked into that and then um, just kept in contact with coach Stafford and, um, and their like, rec like recruiting kind of, you know, down there. Um, so that was just, you know, he saw me at a showcase and gave me his card. So. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. And how did you adjust uh, being far away from home, living at Shattuck? Because I know talking to some players that used to play there, they said it's kind of like a dorm situation or you, like, live with, like, a family of uh, yeah. school. So what was it like kind of being far away from home and how did you adjust to that at such a young age? Um, well, I, the, from the first time I got there, I remember my eighth grade year, my first year, I – my I didn't call my parents for like the first week I was like had so much freedom and I was I was like I don't even know what to do with myself like I don't have someone tell me what to do 24 7 um but I was quickly kind of turned that around because I got homesick and kind of recovered from my little rebellion of not calling them for a week and and everything um so it was definitely hard um, to adjust to, to being alone and you don't have like your parents waking you up in the morning and, um, you just have your roommates and, and all the people that live in the dorms around you. And you gotta, there's a lot more responsibility, but also the independence that you gain and, and kind of like, you have to grow up a little bit quicker than, than everybody else. So, um, that part was, was interesting. And I just remember we, we practiced at, like really early in the morning it was like six or it's like seven but you could get to the rink like a little bit early so I would get there like six or six thirty you know around there um and 
so you had to make sure that you like set your alarm and you got up and there was a bus that would take you from the girls dorms to the rink. Um, and so you had to make sure that you got on the bus or you were, you were sprinting to the rink if you missed that bus because you didn't want to be late for practice. So there were, there were a couple of close calls there, but other than that, I think I handled it pretty well. So. And obviously what's it like going to that school and being a part of that historical program, just reading the alumni that went to Shattuck on the men's side, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, and then on the women's side with Amanda Castle, uh, the Lamoureux twins and Brianna Decker. Like, do you feel any pressure trying to continue that legacy when you're at that school? There, there's definitely a lot of pressure. Like, you know, all these greats that have come before you who created like what Shattuck is today, essentially, and built that foundation for everyone. Um, so I think that, um, it was just really, really important that you make the most of every opportunity because you know, um, how much other people have put into it. And, and I think Shattuck is very conducive for, um, like putting your best foot forward and allowing you the opportunity to, to grow into the player that you want to be. And you definitely have to push yourself to, to be that, um, that, that player that you're, you're aspiring to be. And, I think it, it's just really important that you understand like how those people that have come before you and, and their history and just making sure you carry on that, that legacy. So. Now you got to play with some incredible players from your time at Shattuck. You played with Hannah Bilka, who's currently at Boston college. And you also played with uh, McKenna Webster as well. Uh, what's it like getting to getting to play with those players and how does that help your hockey development uh, when you're heading into college? Um, that's an, another great thing about Shattuck is that everyone that was there you, would push you in, in different ways. And um, it just the opportunity to be surrounded by those great players and to practice with them every day and, and playing with them and learning from them and those little conversations that you have on the bench, uh, like, oh, what can we do better? Like, what are we, what are we needing to, to do to beat this team? Um, just having those those interactions with players like that that are like next level are is, was just great for me. I think I learned so much from all of my teammates and and definitely my coaches. So um, it was just a lot of fun and and there was a lot of compete in everything that we did. So it just pushed you to be that much better. Now, how did your time at Shattuck help prepare you for college hockey with Colgate? Um. So. You, you just know that, like, all, all the players are good. So, like, at Shattuck, definitely your teammates push you all the time and you would get everyone's best game and you're surrounded by players who work their hardest every day. And, um, like, if you're not going to do the extra work, then someone else is. So I think all those things carry over into college. Like, you get to college and maybe you're used to being, like, the top dog of your high school and then you get there and all the players are good and – and all the teams you play, you get everyone's best game because there there aren't as many in college as you normally play in high school. Um, and you're definitely surrounded by by all those players who who want to make make the most of every opportunity that they get. And um, you just you got to make sure you put in that extra work because, you know, if you're not going to someone else is so. Now, what's the best memory you've ever had at Shattuck? It could be either on the ice or off the ice as well. Um, there's, there's so many, just, just being around your, your best friends all the time and, and having, you would have like a sleepover every night essentially. But what stands out to me the most is, uh, my eighth grade year was my first time playing in the national championship. Um, and we were, we were down the whole game and then going into the third period, we ended up uh, coming back and we won and just the best feeling to like throw your gloves off and see them all scattered over the ice and, and all of that. And then just, just the mundane things too, like um, being on campus, there's a big field in front of the school. Um, that's, it's called the parade field. And so you're just out there all the time in the spring with your buddies, like playing soccer and spike ball and um, fr like throwing the Frisbee and the football and just stuff like that is, is what really sticks out to me. Yeah, I know. It looks kind of like a movie scene when you go around that campus. I've never been there before, but just the field, like you were mentioning outside in the front of the school, it's like pretty crazy. It looks like, like I said, almost like a movie. Yeah, I love, I love it. It's great. Now you also played for Team USA in the U18 World Championships. Uh, what was it like getting the opportunity to represent your country in those tournaments? 
Um, yeah, so I was in the, my first, I played two years of U18s. Um, the first time I played with the team, we went to the Czech Republic. And my first year was really exciting because I didn't think that I was in the running to make the U18 team that would, that would travel um, to the Czech Republic. So I, there were two like camps in the summer. So there was the national camp and then there was the top 66 camp. And I hadn't gotten invited to the top 66 camp, which is where the, um, they like took most of the players from. So I hadn't gone to that camp. So I figured like, Oh, like I'm out, I'm out of the running for this one, maybe, maybe next year. Um, and then I ended up getting a call in, in like December or something saying, Oh, like you made the, the U18 team. And I just remember like, like the pure joy that you feel when you, you know, you like, figure out that you're going to be able to represent your country and um, it was always a dream of mine and going to all the USA hockey camps and stuff they would always have you write down what your goals were and for the long and short term and stuff like that and my my goal was always to make the national team and so I felt that that I had finally made it and then um, it was just so exciting and so much fun to be able to travel and to represent the U.S. and um, and it was just, it was a great time. Yeah. What's the Czech Republic like? Because I think that's not a spot that many people like go on vacation to. So what's it like uh, being there representing your country? Well, did you get to do anything fun uh, when you were down there? Um, whether it was off the ice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Um, the, oh my gosh, I can't, it feels like it was so long ago. Um, it was, it was great. The people there were really nice and um, not, not many people spoke English. So we, we normally stayed um, like within our group, like we would travel together. We, we only had like one off day, I think. And a bunch of people um, went to, into Prague, um, which was, I think a couple hour train ride, I believe, um, which I didn't get to go there, but people said it was really cool. And then I can't remember what the name of the town was that we went to but it was really pretty like cobblestone streets and um getting to walk on that and the little shops and there was this um like dessert I can't remember what it was called but it was like um almost like fried dough I guess and it was put in like a cone shape and it had powder like cinnamon and sugar on it and it was I just remember it being really good um so yeah it was it was a lot of fun that's awesome. And have, was that the first time you ever went to Europe or did you go there before maybe like a couple of years ago? Yeah, I had actually gone to Finland, Iceland and Sweden with the selects that, um, that Kathy Pippi runs actually. So um, it was, it was cool to be able to visit all those European countries and um, kind of see the differences and travel and at such a young age that's that was really exciting and it was something that I only could have done through hockey so it made it even better. Now is the style of play in Europe a little bit different in hockey compared to the U.S. when you play teams like uh, the Czech Republic or Russia? Yeah so um, I mean all the teams are, are great they always put their best players on those teams and um, Russia was, was really physical to play against. Like I remember they would, they would just always take the body and, um, they, I remember them being very like structured in how they play and, and, um, everything and, and the Czech Republic too. Um, I actually have a couple friends who play with the Czech national team. Um, like Nemo is on the world championship team, um, playing up in Calgary right now. And, um, she's, a really great player and has a ton of fun to play with and has a lot of creativity and can shoot the puck really well. So um, I think they all have, have great aspects like that and are just really fun to play against. Now you won two gold medals uh, in those tournaments. What do those medals mean to you? And just talk about uh, what you learned during those tournaments uh, when you were playing in them. Yeah. So the, the medals for me are kind of like a reminder of both how far I've come and that I've gotten to accomplish accomplish that and and the teamwork that went into to doing that and and then also like how how much I still have to learn and to keep striving for um like as I try and you know pursue going to the Olympics and um in the future um so I just 
remembering that I was like, I was young and um, everything gets faster and, and is more intense. And um, I think that was kind of like playing U18s was kind of the next step for me and, and um, advancing my game a little bit in the way I think. And you couldn't just go out there and play because you were good and you would, how you would, you'd learn to play differently against different teams and, um, you know, stuff like that. So um, I think that that's really important. Where do you keep those medals now? Um, they're hanging in my room right now, like on my mirror. So I can always, I look at them a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you ever try them on? Like occasionally, I feel like, I don't know for myself, I wouldn't want to try them on, but I feel like you might have to sometimes just to bring back some good memories, especially last year during the quarantine period. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just like to look at them. I don't really ever put them on. <laughs> well, it's at least you have them though. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome that, that to have that experience at such a, such a young age, uh, does that like, I guess, thinking back on it, does that like help you heading into college, just playing against all those different teams and styles of play, like you were mentioning and those tournaments, just because each country has like a different style of like how they go about like their systems and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so growing up in the U.S. and playing at Shattuck, we didn't play that many like teams from other countries or have players that that a ton of players that played in other countries and grew up in other countries. So I think it was cool to be able to have exposure to that for the first time and and to see how how big the game is, I guess, um, in, in a sense. Um, so, yeah. Now talk about your recruitment process, taking you back to what that was like for yourself and what made you want to go to Colgate versus other schools you might've looked at, uh, during your recruitment process. Yeah. I recruiting always just really scared me. Like I hated talking to college coaches and, and talking on the phone to them. And, and it, it was, I remember like practicing with my parents before calls and, um, you know, having little cheat sheets that I would, that I would draw on from to, to talk about little, little things and all that. But, um, Colgate just really stood out to me in a way that none of the other schools did. Um, like I visited a bunch of East coast schools and, um, and some in the Midwest as well, but none of them like, really were calling my name like I liked all the cam the other campuses and and all of that but none of them I loved and until I got to Colgate and I just stepped on campus and immediately something was different um and the coaches are were really great and I I think I chose Colgate because it it'll give me what well, it is giving me and will continue to give me like the greatest opportunity to grow as a player um coach Fargo is great and um and Steph and Chelsea as well. They they all are really still students of the game, and and they try and push that on us as well. And just they know that the game is is fluid and is changing, and they want to push the boundaries on that as much as possible. So I think that they are great role models, and um, for us to continue to keep growing. Yeah, what's it like to play under Coach Greg Fargo, and what have you learned under him uh, so far in your time at Colgate? Because in my opinion, I think he's one of the best uh, head coaches in women's hockey. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, he, he he's a great a great coach. Um, I think what's really important too is that his his coaching philosophy kind of starts with um, like our culture and making sure our culture is the foundation of everything that we do, and um, it serves uh as our um like first building block to to how we play as a team like if you're not connected on the ice it doesn't matter what systems you play and and all of that you you need to be able to rely on each other and um again he's just always taking um steps and and studying our games and and working with us to ensure that that we we push the boundaries of how we can play and um how we we talk about like one of it's like a hashtag we play free um so that's that's another really important thing and and on our on our calls we always talk about how important that is as a team and as a foundation to allow us to play individually as well as collectively in a way um so just playing how like your game and playing to your strengths 
within how we play as a team. So, and, and not being afraid to make mistakes. And um, I think that that's also really important how he's done really great things. So. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it kind of the speed of the game or was it the skill set of the game, making quicker decisions with the puck or was it just the physicality since you're going against players that are three and four years older than you were, especially when you were a freshman? Yeah, well, I think it's a little bit of all of that. Um, it was definitely faster and more taxing. And it was always interesting to me as a as a youth player, like like looking at the girls and, and saying, oh, you only play like two games in a weekend. I'm playing like four or five games in a weekend, depending on, you know, how long. So when I got to college, it was definitely noticed how much more ta like taxing the games were and um, everyone is, is bigger and faster and stronger and the, you definitely have to make decisions quicker. There's way less time and space and you, you kind of have to learn how to um, play within that um, while still, um, you know, playing, playing the way that you were recruited to play. Now, in your first year at Colgate, uh, you lost to Clarkson in the ECAC playoffs. What would you take away from the playoff experience, even though you lost, and how did you use that playoff series loss heading into your sophomore and junior season now? Yeah, so that was definitely a tough loss, and it was my first experience in, um, like, playoffs like that. Because um, when, when you play, um, like, at Shattuck, we would go to the national tournament, which was, like, a week-long thing. And instead, you're playing like week to week in college. So that was that change was a little bit different. And um, the game against Clarkson was just, I remember it just being really tough. And it felt like we could never really, really get our feet where we wanted them. And, um, and I think that we were a very young team my freshman year, and we had a lot to learn. So um, I think just having that experience of being in that high pressure situation and still being able to come out on top um, was something that we needed to work on. And, and I think that we um, made a lot of strides with that this year. Um, and it definitely gave us a lot of motivation to, and all, and all our games against Clarkson, our 10 games against Clarkson, um, that, that were, it made it fun to play them and, and try and beat them again. So. Now, from your experience, how is playoff hockey different from regular season hockey, especially in the ECAC? Um, the margins are a lot smaller. Like, there's a lot less more or a lot less room for error. So, you know, everything counts, and it's just much more intense. But it's also exciting. Like, it it's exciting to go to the rink and and play your best hockey. And um, so, I think that just in that sense, it's a it's a lot different. Now, in that same year, your freshman year, you got to play in the Nutmeg Classic. Uh, what was that experience like for you, getting the chance to play against opponents that you normally don't play uh, during a normal regular season? Yeah, uh, it's, it was very exciting um, to play different teams, uh, especially like now realizing that, that you got to play so many different teams was very exciting. And um, there's definitely a lot more work that goes in into like the pre-scout, I would say. So um, like you, you have to pay more attention to like which players are, are better and, and who do you have to watch out for on, on the power play and um, like what, what um, kind of systems do they run and how can we, we best play against that. Um, so I think just that aspect was, was really important. And then kind of just trusting that all the work that you've done and they don't really is was important and then also like they don't know how you play exactly either so using that to your advantage and exploiting their weaknesses and stuff like that so now like we were talking about earlier there was a lot of challenges that were brought because of the pandemic especially in this past year's college hockey season one of those challenges was the amount of schedule change that happened to your schedule how did you mentally deal with all those changes and postponements that happened to your schedule and what was the key for maintaining flexibility uh, for this past season yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. And as I, as I mentioned before, it was like our team's mentality that like every game, every practice, every lift, you know, it could be your last, like you, you could get COVID and be out for two weeks and then you, you never know how much that's going to set you back. So um, it was, 
it was exciting in a way, but also terrifying in, in another sense too. Like you, you never know, you never know what could, could be your last game. And um, so I think it was just making the most of every moment and, and knowing that it was going to be all right, no matter what happened and relying on my teammates was also really important because they were, we, we couldn't see our families and they couldn't come visit um, us up at school. So that part made it really challenging. And um, so you really had to rely on your teammates for that support when you needed it. And um, just having a, a good attitude about it, I think is also really important. Like being happy that you get to play, I mean, at all in such turbulent times. So. Yeah. And how'd you deal with not playing in front of any fans of this past year, especially for your team? Uh, because the, your arena is so huge, I feel like it would be so odd uh, to play without any fans just because of all the echoing that might happen in that ring. Yes, it was it was a little bit different. I mean, we don't have like the, the biggest crowd ever, you know, during our games, but it 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 was a little a little big, you know, to to have no fans. They actually had put like uh, cardboard cutouts of our families and stuff. So I had my my whole family up there, like my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my, my papa was up there, my dog, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was, it was fun that they did that for us. And, um, but it was definitely a lot quieter. So it'll be interesting to see um, how different it is this year when we get to actually allow fans to come into the game. So. Did those cardboard cutouts make any difference? Cause I know some players said it did kind of make a difference cause it made the arena feel more, feel less emptier. However, some players said they didn't even notice them at all. What was your opinion on that? Um, I, I, I'm really close with my family. So I definitely, I know that they're always watching like the games because they were streamed and, and all of that and they on ESPN plus and stuff. So my family was always watching, but it was cool to, to like have that reminder there that, they are watching and, and they're there. Um, I, I think it does make an, a difference too. Like when you're on the ice, it, it, there's less um, like empty space up there to look at. So. Now something that was introduced to college hockey this past season was three and three overtime as a fan. They're very fun to watch, but as a player, what's it like to be a part of them, especially as a defenseman to have more sp- space in the ice to create offensive opportunities for your teammates in those overtime situations. Yeah, I think I like three on three. I think it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot about possession and and knowing the right time to change and when you can use your speed and um, exploit maybe like the other team gets stuck in their zone and they can't get a change. Um, so I think that it's really important to use your speed when you have that much space and especially with our team, we're we're a really fast team. So um, I think that's something that. Um, it plays to our strengths and and we know how to move the puck well and um, get speed under the puck and um, I think it's fun I like having that much room and having it's important to have the poise to use the space that you have you know like to you have all that time and space you might as well use it kind of thing and then just making sure that you change in the right spots and and keeping possession is, is super important but I think it's a lot of fun. And do you have to be a little more defensively aware or defensively minded in those situations just because if you make one little defensive mistake, it can cause an odd man rush for the opponent? Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely, it's, it's a, there's more thinking to it for sure. Like, you don't, you can't just go out there, you know, falls to the walls and and everything, but um, you got to be smart about it. So. Now, what was your team's mindset heading into the ECAC playoffs this year, especially since the playoffs were a little bit shortened? There weren't the series like there normally is in the ECAC. So what was your team's mindset heading into the playoffs after having a very good regular season? Yeah, we were we were really excited. And I think we kind of went in with a chip on our shoulder. Like, you know, we have something to prove here. Um, like we've done so well this year, we, we might as well finish strong. And um, I think that, again, just – going going all out because you know it's the end and you never know what's going to happen so um, I think all of that was just was good now in the ECAC playoffs you beat Quinnipiac who's a very good opponent and then you also beat St. Lawrence who's another great opponent uh, talk about those games and the challenges those opponents bring 
Yeah, I mean, with both of those teams, you're going to get a tough game. Um, when we played St. Lawrence, um, the whole year, their goaltending was really strong, and they're a strong competitor. And then with Quinnipiac, they're they're strong on their on the puck, and um, they're they're definitely a little more physical, and um, they're definitely fun to play against as well. Um, and you have to to bear down against them and play the body a little bit more. Um, and and it's definitely super exciting to to be in that situation because you know we are the first team in our program history to accomplish and win the ECAC championship so um and because of all the uncertainty with everything last year it just made it that much more fun and that much more rewarding yeah did it help playing Quinnipiac the week before the playoff game happened just because you kind of got to know some of their tendencies before the series happened or before the game yeah yeah, definitely. It was, um, you know, like you, you, the pre-scout's super important in those playoff games and, and making sure you know all the little details and um, where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. So definitely getting that experience playing them right before helped for sure. Now, what, were emo- what emotions were going through your head after winning the ECAC championship for the first time? And just talk about lifting the trophy up and uh, that whole excitement I getting to do that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great time. Um, the game was so fun to play, and um, you know, just just being able to say that you were on that team that that did something new and something for the first time. And um, Colgate's come such a such a long way in a short amount of time, as far as um, you know, being in the rankings and and all of that, and and just just being able to to share that experience with your teammates. It, it's so fun and it just fills your heart up and um, you know how much work everyone's put in all year and, and just to see it all come to fruition is, is so exciting. And after the game, they, we had like an opportunity to like hang out with each other in the trophy and um, take pictures and, and all that kind of stuff. And they have uh, like lights coming down. And so we were all just having a great time on the ice together. So. That's awesome. And then you went on to play in the national tournament against Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Just talk about what it was like being a player in the national tournament and just the atmosphere you got to experience, especially since there were finally fans allowed at that game uh, for the first time in Colgate. Uh, The first game you played that season, there was actually fans there. I think it was like 25% capacity. It seemed like there wasn't that many fans though watching it from TV. So did you kind of feel that atmosphere though, regardless of since they were kind of far, far up in that stadium? Yeah, the stadium was really big. Um, I just remember being so excited because, first of all, you're you're in the, the national tournament, and and it was the first game my parents actually came to see in person. So I was just excited that they got to be there. And even though there just a there was just a couple of them, you you just know that you know that they're there and you can see them and they're you can see them cheering for you and making all kinds of noise to try and fill that empty space. Um, and it was it was just fun to to be there and and definitely the loss was um was hard and you go over every mistake in your head and and all those missed scoring chances and oh maybe I could have done this or maybe I could have done that um but you know at the end of the day it it is what it is and you just got to learn from all those mistakes and and work on them and and work on where your deficiencies are as a team and and try and do better next time so yeah, and you unfortunately lost that game, like you just said. Uh, it was a very defensive game, though, with two great goaltending performances, especially by your goaltender, Kaylee Osborne. Uh, what was going yeah. through your head when Duluth scored that goal, uh, knowing that your season's over, especially after a hard-fought defensive battle of the game? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. Like, I just, you know, you're you're upset that you that you lost that, and um, there there's, I mean, nothing you could do at that point, and. Um, it was definitely defeating, but also it kind of gives you that fire to go out and, and do better next season and um, and all of that. So, Now, what's Kaylee Osborne like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? Because she was the one player that really stood out to me from your team this past season just because she really took on that starting goaltending role as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, she, she had that um, – I think she had a good chip on her shoulder for, for being the starting um, goaltender. And um, she's, she's a lot of fun to be around and she has a really big personality and um, she brings a lot to the table and isn't afraid to, to speak her mind and, and be herself. So she's, she's a lot of fun to be around and she's a great teammate too. 
Now, what are your goals and expectations for next season with uh, Colgate? Um, yeah, we're getting a lot of new players this year, so I, we'll be a young team again. But I'm excited to to welcome everyone into the fold and um, kind of continue to to build on our our culture and and create that legacy that it's going to be great. And um, I'm super excited to to be able to play all those teams that we didn't get to play last year. Um, we're we're definitely aiming to to win the national championship this year. And I think we have a really good shot at doing it. And we have a little bit more experience under our belt. Um, those of us that were sophomores last year um, and, and even the juniors too. Um, so I think it'll be a, be a lot of fun this year. Now, obviously being an upperclassman, uh, what type of leadership uh, do you hope to bring to the team uh, next year with all those new players that are going to be there? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is just um, being an ear for them, like and talking to them and making sure if they have any questions or any concerns that you help them with that and um, address any of those issues that, that need to be addressed. And I, I just think um, being able to answer their questions and being a shoulder to lean on when they need it or that, that extra kick in the butt, um, I think that can, can be all, make all the difference. So we're now in the non-hockey segment. We're asking some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit off the ice. Uh, my first non-hockey question to you is what music do you like to listen to, whether it's before a game or just in a general basis? Um, before the game, I like to listen to, like, rap. Or, um, I also listen to EDM, and the big booty mixes are really, really good, too. Mm -hmm. um, anything, like, upbeat or high tempo kind of gets me going. Like, um, And then for rap, it's, like, anyone, like, Young Thug or the Baby and people like that. So I I don't know. I I listen to a wide range of music, I guess, um, before games. But and then non hockey related, I'm I'm from Texas, so I'm a big country fan um, too. So yeah, I was working for a baseball team this past summer, and a lot of our players were from the South and from California as well. So country music was always blaring. So it was my first kind of taste of hearing that music more often than I normally do. And there's some pretty good songs. So I hope to get into oh, yeah. it a bit more uh, this fall. Definitely. Now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, it kind of depends on the day. Um, probably biggest of all, I'm not a very patient person. So if like I have to repeat myself a bunch of times, that, that kind of fires me up a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm the same way, but I'm. It's more for driving. Like when someone's like taking forever to drive on the road, it gets pretty. It bothers me a little bit just to, just because I need to get somewhere at a certain time, and it just it feel. I feel like it's kind of a waste of time personally for me. Definitely, definitely, I feel that too for sure. Now, being from Texas, what's your favorite outdoor activity? Um. So when I'm at home, um, I live like by, by a lake. It's like a few minutes up the road and um, I like to paddleboard over there. And my mom and I also take walks with our, with our dog Gino over there too, um, which is a lot of fun. And then um, we go down to my papa's, my papa has a ranch that's like two and a half hours from here. And so down there we ride four wheelers and shoot guns and, um, you know, I'll do all that, that kind of stuff. So that's a lot of fun as well. That does sound fun. I've never, I've never driven a four wheeler. I got, I really want to do that uh, sometime. Oh, it's a blast. Is it like, uh, is it hard to learn how to drive it or is it, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy. Once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy. I mean, it also depends on, on what you're driving, but I mean, for the most part, it's, it's really easy. Now, who has the best style on the Colgate women's hockey team besides yourself? Obviously, that's the <laughs> obvious answer. But if there's someone else that would uh, get that title, who would it be? Oh, obviously, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to like pump the Canadians' tires right now, but um, Rosie Demers or Dax, um, Danielle Serdakny or um, Malia Schneider, I would say they all they all have really good style. But don't tell them I said that. <laughs> Now, who's the funniest on the team? Um, we have a lot of characters. Uh, Kaylee is definitely is definitely funny, and um, Rosie's really funny too. And um, I don't know, just those two. Um, Ta Taylor um, Kerwin is really funny too. She she cracks everybody up all the time. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun vibe in the locker room for sure. <laughs> 
Now back to some hockey questions. Now uh, my first question too is what do you think should be done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion? Um, I think just, just having more exposure to it. Like I, I talked about earlier how like growing up, I didn't have that exposure to women's hockey that much. So I didn't, I didn't know who to look up to. Like am I supposed to look at the NHL guys when I'm, I'm probably not going to make it to the NHL or, you know, who, who do I look up to kind of thing. So just having, um, more connections with, um, like grassroots, you know, and, and being able to, um, to like give back and, and share those experiences with younger girls who may not have had the same access to women's hockey and, um, and stuff like that. So. Have you tried to be a role model for um, young hockey players in Texas, especially women's hockey players? Because I feel like a player like yourself, if I was from Texas, I'll definitely try to look up to you just because of all the stuff you accomplished throughout your hockey career so far. Yeah, no, I, I love to, to ask, um, you know, I see little girls around the rink a little bit. Um, so just, you know, talk to them and make sure that they know that, you know, hockey's super fun and, you know, you should keep doing it if you love it. And, um, and all that. And I also um, work with the, the stars have summer camps in the summer. So I worked a couple of those and um, there's always a few little girls running around and um, doing all of that. So I, I try and connect with them as much as I can. So. Now, what advice would you give those younger players who are trying to pursue a career in division one college hockey? Um, to just to stick with it and, and really to, to work hard if you love it. Um, I think it's really important that, that if you're going to do something, you do it well. And, and so to keep pushing themselves to be the best that they can be. And um, there, there's always someone there to support you. And um, so, yeah. Well, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give um, to any of your former teammates, family members, friends, or current teammates with Colgate? I mentioned some of them throughout the podcast, but if there's anyone I forgot to mention, feel free to um, shout them out now. Oh yeah. I mean, mom and dad first and foremost I have to give a shout out to and um you know my my coaches at Shattuck were great and so coach Stafford and coach Boyk and coach Johnson and all them and then um you know at Colgate Args and Chelsea and Steph are, are great and then I don't know just all my all my Colgate teammates they're they're amazing so I'm so happy to to be a part of that program and to continue to watch it grow well, thank you so much for coming on, Allie. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to me. I wish you all the best for this upcoming season. I can't wait to see you play, hopefully in person, for this upcoming season as well. Take care, stay safe, and I just want to let you know that you're one of my favorite uh, college hockey players to watch, so it was an honor getting the chance to interview you today. Thank you so much. I, I had a great time, and I'm glad we got to, got to chat a little bit. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. This love affair, you can